Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we have many guests today. As usual, we have a full show. And let me remind you that you can always go to our audio library at ExitCoachRadio.com and listen to interviews from 35 different topic file folders and uh, over 600 interviews in those file folders. So there's a lot of content there. It's a great way to start learning about a particular topic that you want to learn about. My first guest today is David McAdams. He's president of McAdams Tax Advisory Group, LLC. And we're going to talk about Social Security and some of the problems that people are having, some of the myths, and we're going to talk about that. David is a well-known financial educator in Memphis, Tennessee. His retirement presentations have been widely attended by retirees of FedEx, Northwest Airlines, UPS, and UT Memphis. And Mr. McAdams has also assisted numerous families with investing several million dollars, and he's published articles in Forbes, the Germantown Times and the River News on estate planning, and he's taught the Retirement Investment Strategies class at several area workshops. So, David, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Bill. Glad to be here. Hey, David, tell us a little bit about you and your background. I mentioned a couple things that you've done. You've worked with a lot of big companies and helped a lot of people learn about retirement. How would you get into this business? And tell us a little bit about what you do for folks. Yeah, I'm very blessed. Actually, I got into the business because I uh, had passed the CPA exam back in 1993. I was about 22 years old at the time and and did public accounting for two and a half years. I traveled uh, 50% of the time. And my my girlfriend, uh, who became my fiance at the time, uh, I was, I was uh, out the first two weeks of tax season in my very first job. And after being out of town for two weeks, I came back and she said, um, she said, well, when are you going to get a new job? So, <laughs> so I, I lasted about two and a half years with a crazy schedule like that, and I was very blessed at the age of 25, roughly. Um, I started my own company, and that was 20 years ago. So right now I've got 20 years of experience, and uh, the lion's share of that has actually been with a focus uh, on helping people who are currently retired or about to be retired uh, if, if I had to take a, a guess at it, um, probably about 95% or, or more of my clients are, are in that uh, zone of, of being currently retired or about to retire. So as a result, uh, we've, we've actually dealt with this Social Security optimization uh, planning question uh, literally hundreds of times. And uh, so pretty well versed in, in Social Security planning and some of the things you wanted to talk about today. Our, our primary focus for our company is, you know, we, we help um, we help our clients make smart choices on their investments. We do their uh, income tax returns. We help them with estate planning decisions, and um, they tend to be generally more conservative on average. But um, you know, we have all the different licenses, and we're not married to any any specific companies or strategies. So we we use the full universe of of categories to, to help people get to their goals uh, in, in what I've been told is a pretty unique approach. 
Well, it's uh, Social Security especially can be a very daunting task. A lot of people think it's a very simple program, but there's a lot of rules and complexities to it. And I guess the, the statistics that you're saying are that the three or four retirees are receiving reduced Social Security benefits. And I would imagine that's because a lot of people would say, I'd rather have a check in hand than wait for a check later. Um, but that can be a problem. So what are your thoughts on why 75% of retirees are receiving reduced Social Security benefits? Well, I think you just hit on, on one of the main reasons. And it could be, and I've, I've actually experienced this, where a person kind of ignored the math. In other words, everything probably said they should delay selecting retirement, but they said, well, I'm going to take it anyway. And when you talk through that, a lot of people will share with you, um, it's, it tends to be a little bit of a fear-based, a fear-based conversation. Many uh, there's a section of, of of the society that believes Social Security won't be there for them, and the mentality tends to be, I'm going to draw it now because I've been paying into this thing for 30 plus years, and if I don't get my money out now, I might not get anything. Um, you, you'll you'll hear that as one reason, but there there are other reasons. Um, occasionally you'll have a client that uh, say they retired with a pension when they were 55 years old and now they're in my office and they're 61 and they're saying, gee, David, um, I'm thinking about drawing Social Security next year. Well, sometimes their logic was they took the pension uh, and retired early knowing that at 62 they could draw Social Security and they've actually kind of calculated and looked at their current resources and money and figured out that if, if I if I draw Social Security at 62, I can probably retire now while, while I'm younger at 55. Sometimes they simply need the money, and they need it now. Um, mm-hmm. That's not necessarily prudent. It, it, you know, you, you'll meet people that basically retired too early, and sometimes that becomes a problem. I think another common issue is, is you know, we're seeing longevity. We're, we're seeing yeah. – People live far beyond, on average, on average, you have a lot of people um, who are living a lot longer than they thought they would live. I, I had a married couple that, sadly, they, they passed away a few years ago, but they were both in their 90s. And mm-hmm. if you ask them, when did you think, what, when you retired, what did you think your life expectancy was? They would flat out tell you they thought they would probably live to be between 67 to 70 years old. Hmm. So here they were 25 years later, and a lot of retirees make a common mistake of, of ignoring longevity risk, ignoring what inflation is going to do over that 20 to 25 years, and specifically in healthcare. I mean, healthcare has averaged double digit inflation. Uh, I believe since 1984. So you're talking about over 30 years of double-digit health care costs rising. And if you're retired and you retired too early um, and, and, and you do live in your 80s or 90s, um, delaying Social Security could have had uh, potentially phenomenal benefits. Um, you know, so, so planning is, is, is key. And, and a lot of people are starting to do it more. They're approaching mm-hmm. it differently than their parents did. Uh, we're seeing a big shift there. Um, well, and especially a lot of people are delaying their retirement years or picking up part-time work to fill in some gaps. And if you take Social Security too early during those early years, that can really you can really get 
hit, you know, it'll, you'll get paid back, but you'll you really reduce your benefits then too. So there are a lot of there are a lot of reasons to go and plan for Social Security. It's not just the bird in hand kind of uh, analysis a lot of people have done in the past, right? There's a lot of changes that have happened. What are what are what's different about how baby boomers today are are planning for Social Security and making their decisions um, from their parents? Well, it's it's not a it's not a fixed you know 100 percent of the time issue. It's very much this would be a, a general uh, observation that I've made. You know, you had this generation before that they would put into the system and hit a certain age and plan on hanging it up at work, and, and when it, whatever that date was, they would run down to Social Security and go ahead and check a few boxes and start getting that check. A lot of the previous generation, I don't think, uh, put put a lot of time and thought and effort into how, into how and when to draw Social Security. What we are seeing with some of the baby boomers, um, my experience has been they they seem to be looking at this a little differently. They seem to be taking time to get out and get educated and learn how the system works. There are a lot of advanced strategies to drawing Social Security, and we call that Social Security optimization planning. For example, one of the things we do for our clients is we will run a, uh, a an analysis, and, and I believe the software does something like 22,000 calculations, and it will generate an advanced planning strategy and you know, it's amazing. I've looked at a lot of these reports, um, and, and sometimes the, the difference in how much you withdraw from Social Security over your, your life expectancy, with a little planning, the difference can sometimes be a hundred or $200,000 more that you wow. receive from Social Security than if you, had, than if you did no planning at all. So it's, it, it's quite relevant uh, to, to get out there and learn how the system works. Um, but again... You know, a lot of times people people don't do that because they're making a fear-based decision or, frankly, uh, they just might might be overwhelmed by the decisions. They don't know how to work with a planner to, to get that advice. And they're kind of following some of the common myths about Social Security and, and, and kind of going off of anecdotal evidence as opposed to getting the facts. Yeah, what are some of those common myths, David? What are, what are things that you hear a lot from people that you go, well, you know, a lot of people think that, but it's just not right? Well, you know, one of the common myths, frankly, is a lot of people that are making that decision today are drawing early because they simply don't think the money's going to be there. And the, the, the reality of the situation is, um, you know, the last few years, the, the, the trust fund for Social Security has actually still been growing. You know, as of now, there's more money going into it than money flowing out of it. Now, that's going to change at some point, but... Um, I'll, I'll kind of talk a little bit about about that in, in a few minutes, if you'd like, some of the reforms that are likely. But another common myth is that um, it's not going to be significant. You know, they don't think the checks are significant enough. They don't think the, the spread in the money uh, waiting another few years is going to make enough difference to, to delay it. Here's the reality. If your monthly benefit was $2,000 today and and you live 10 years, uh, just assuming a typical, you know, 2.8% cost of living adjustment, which is one of the numbers that the Social Security Administration uses when they do projections. They use a high number, a low number, and a median number. But if you use kind of the median number, 
in 10 years, you would have drawn over $304,000 from Social Security. In 20 years, you would have withdrawn over $673,000. And if you lived 30 years, you would have, you would have drawn uh, over $1.1 million in Social Security benefits if your benefit today was about $2,000 a month. So obviously, if you live 30 years and they paid you out $1.1 million, that's clearly a pretty significant uh, benefit. A common myth is they don't, they don't think it adds up. They, they've never done the math. Um, the, other, the other thing about that is those cost of living adjustments, your monthly benefit can get much higher. If, if you're at $2,000 a month today, again, using a 2.8% cost of living adjustment, in 10 years, your check would be about $2,600 a month. In 20 years, your check would be just under $3,500 a month. So, again, it can make up a nice chunk of your monthly expenses and needs during retirement. Um, back to talking about whether whether it's going to be there or not. You know, as I mentioned, the trust fund is still growing. Right now, they could make zero changes to it. And they could basically pay it out as it is today until about 2033. Now, in 2033 the math says that they could drop the benefits to about 77% of what they're paying today and carry it out from there. Now, I don't know any politician that's going to want to wait till 2033 and then chop benefits, you know, to 77%. Right. <laughs> Who, that's not going to be popular. Gonna tell, <laughs> yeah. Who's going to tell the guy that's going to tell all the, you know, 70 million baby boomers who are now drawing social security uh, 18 years from now, Oh, by the way, we're going to cut your checks by uh, 20, 23% across the board. So the, pro the problem really is, like, like, I don't know that any politician that ever is going to want to deliver any kind of a message about cuts in Social Security. <laughs> well, right? here's, what's, here's what's likely. They, yeah, they won't want to deliver that message. But, you know, what politicians tend to do is they make a lot of promises during the campaign, and then they try to implement a couple of things while they're actually in office. And there are a lot of reforms, uh, reform proposals currently being studied. One, one of the reforms that's likely to happen is they'll increase the maximum earnings that, you know, if you, if you go to work and you're, you're making wages at work, you know, in 2014 they could tax up to $117,000 of that towards your Social Security part of your payroll tax. They could raise that to 125,000. They could raise it to 150,000. So now higher income earners are, are going to start paying more into the system. That won't affect the uh, lower income wage earners much, but the higher income are going to have to pay more into the system. Um, they'll probably raise the normal retirement age. You know, right now, if you're born before 1954, your your retirement age is 66 to get full benefits. Uh, for me, I was born in 1970, so I have to wait till I'm 67. Mm -hmm. But guess what? They could change the law. By the time I actually get there, it might be 68 till I can get full benefits. It might be 69. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, they can they can play with the cost of living adjustments instead of 2.8 percent, maybe it'll average 1.8 percent. I mean, there's a lot of things they can do that the average person won't feel as much when they do it. So because they don't feel it as much when they do it, they can make the math work out to where they don't have to make that massive cut in 2033. It'll be small, minor adjustments along the way. 
And and then, you know, for for the people drawing now that are making a fear-based decision, I would probably speculate that that their benefits are are, are going to be in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. What you have to look at is is the next generation. You know, people my age. I'm, I'll be 45 in November. Especially our children and grandchildren that are are growing up today. Yeah, what's it going to look like then? <clears throat> you know, all bets are off. But for for the baby boomer generation, I I think their benefit is is uh it's looking pretty good, a lot better than they think it is. Yeah, it, on a long term basis, it does appear to be very very endangered and unsustainable because you'll have less workers putting in to to a system and more people taking out and for longer periods of time. The math the math is incredibly difficult. And of course, these were you know this program was built on on faulty assumptions right from the start. They had no idea people would be living so long uh, when when all of these programs were developed because they weren't at that time. And and that whole cost of living rider built in, I mean, you rarely see a pension plan that offers a cost of living rider built into it. So it's it, it was built very generously and uh, on on current assumptions it looked good, but it's difficult. So how do people uh, maximize? We only have about a we have about two minutes left, and I want to make sure we uh, you can tell people about yourself and your practice, how to get in touch with you. But give us a tip on how they can maximize Social Security and some ideas for that. Yeah, there's a lot of things they can do. There's some advanced strategies. One is called file and suspend. So a lot of people are not aware of uh, how the rules for spousal benefits. And, you know, one spouse could file but not take their money. And by not taking their money, they're, they, they'll start continuing to get credits for a higher payment later in life but then their spouse could start drawing. And then four or five years later, they can flip back and and start drawing on their own benefits. There's another strategy called um, uh, pay pay now, pay more later. So there there are actually dozens of of advanced strategies. That's one reason we use the software to do the 22,000 calculations. But, um, you know, when people get in touch with us, obviously we can crunch those numbers and, and see how to best uh, plan for their future. But those are, you can, you know, you could work longer. You could delay the uh, uh, date you, you, you choose to start. So there's a lot of different factors that go into optimizing it. For our listeners, the point is that uh, you need an expert like David McAdams to really help you walk you through this and take a look at some of these calculations and make an informed decision. It's a it's a complicated area. It's something that it's going to affect everyone. So why not get good advice for it? David? How do they get in touch with you? Well, you can get in touch with me. They can uh, call our office in Memphis, Tennessee. Our website, all the contact information is on our website at McAdams McAdams Tax Advisory. Dot com, McAdamsTaxAdvisory.com. We're also on Facebook and, and Twitter and all those social media outlets. So check us out on the website. Call us. Uh, set up a complimentary review. doesn't matter where you live. We have clients all over the country. And uh, see if we can help you. Well, I'm sure glad you joined us today to help us uh, understand a little bit more about, <clears throat> again, something that's going to affect all of us ultimately but there's a lot of confusion around it. So David McAdams of the McAdams Tax Advisor Group, thanks so much for joining us. David, I look forward to the next time we talk. I'd love to see you again. Thanks for having me, Bill. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. Business owners, if you came back from lunch and there was a resignation letter on your desk, 
Which employee would you really, really not want it to be from? What are you doing to prevent this from happening? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we design plans that attract, motivate, and retain key employees. For a free consultation, call Bill Black, the Exit Coach, at 866-370-3774. Call today. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 